0: Lectionary Lab Live is recorded by Two Bubbas and a Bible live from Gainesville, Florida and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome everybody to the Lectionary Loud Live. I'm John Fairless. I'm here with my Bubba, Del Merchilton. Say hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, Amen. Good to hear you today. Looking forward to talking some text. We are thinking about preaching on Trinity Sunday, aka the first Sunday after Pentecost, but this is, of course, the tradition. These are the texts for June the 4th, 2023. Um, you've got a lot more experience than I handling Trinity Sunday. And that's my genteel way of saying, um, I ain't much on the Trinity. I'm going to defer to bubble number one today. But, uh, no.
1: <laughs> well, I, I have a story uh, in a minute. Stuff. Yeah,
0: Yep, yep, yep. So Before we, we, we jump
1: into uh, Trinity, yep. I have one, one lectionary note I want to make for everybody yep. as we move into the Sundays after Pentecost. This is mm-hmm. when the lectionary shifts a little bit in what it offers to us. This right. this huge host of texts on like the Vanderbilt Divinity School lectionary site, mm-hmm. for example, and and others. And um your denomination may specify one or the other, but there mm-hmm. is a option of the semi continuous reading mm-hmm. or readings from the Hebrew scriptures that are re- connected to the gospel lesson that are right. commentary. Complimentary to a commentary on it this is a good time to think about, do I want to focus for the summer on that, or the epistle lesson, which you'll is just what's offered this year, the second lesson mm-hmm. Romans starts in the second Sunday after Pentecost and goes all the way through September
0: carries through to September that's right
1: and uh, that'd be a good time to plunge into that, so you've got an option of storytelling. Uh, for the summer and grounding some folk in some very important Hebrew scripture material that mm-hmm. is referenced throughout the gospels and the epistles that yeah. an assumption by the new Testament writers was that people were aware of this material and we're not so sure they are. Yeah. And it's got great stories, you know, yeah. uh, uh mostly Genesis and Exodus with a little bit of Deuteronomy, Joshua Mm -hmm. and Judges thrown Mm in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Noah, the call, sex, sacrifice, Rebecca, Jacob, and Esau, the latter, Rachel and Leah, angels (laughs) wrestling Joseph. (laughs) That's good stuff. Bush, the burning bush, Passover, Red Sea, et et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff that week after week, when you have this irregular attendance, people come in and basically say, this week, let me tell you about Joseph (laughs) (laughs) and his book of many colors, lots of options. there." And as you were reflecting on Romans, it's just a good time to dig into some core theological. Go do a little
0: theological teaching and preaching, which is, I think, a good exercise. And it is summertime and people are in and out. And so you kind of have a main theme for each day. Even though they all fit together. And just look at this, Bubba. You've given us two wonderful choices here for developing a series. Um, you could do the Journeys Through Genesis, um, which would be great stories. Or here's an original thought you could use the sermon series, The Romans Road. And
1: just and <laughs> I both- brought up in evangelicalism don't know how prevalent, the Roman road to salvation. The I think there's four verses sin. that you were That's supposed it. to witness using the Roman road to salvation.
0: I had to, I had to throw that out. I, and, uh, all,
1: uh, let's see, the first one I know is all have sinned and fallen, all short, have sinned of the and of fallen
0: short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. <laughs> Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And I could go on, but let's, let's let let's say
1: I took a few detours on the Roman Road myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we better uh, get to the Trinity. These people, and say- then I love it
0: when Paul quotes Joel, which we just had yeah. last week in our you know in our Pentecost sermon. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm thinking, well, sounds like you don't need but one verse on the Roman Road. <laughs> there it is.
1: Rest stops just touring. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go with Trinity, shall we?
0: Yes, do it. Let's do it.
1: Well, Trinity, the Trinity is the only liturgically um, observed
2: day that is about a doctrine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The rest of them are about an event or a person, particularly the high points are about events in the salvation. Game. Christ is born, Christ is baptized, the mm-hmm. epiphany revealing. You know, you've got uh, Bruce, Good Friday, the mm-hmm. death, uh, Palm Sunday, the procedure, Easter, the resurrection, Pentecost, the spirit comes But This is about a doctrine. And it makes it hard. And, and the question is, why are we celebrating the doctrine? Well, it, it grew, it started I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole historical process of how popes decide liturgical days, but it started at the time of the Arian heresy, Mm -hmm. in which the issue, I mean, out of the Arian controversy grew the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed, because the Arius had said that Jesus was not co-creator with the Father, but was Mm. the highest creature and therefore was not co-eternal. He was more Superman. (laughs) Right. You know, this kind of thing. Uh, It was a really special Superman. So um, this day to celebrate the Holy Trinity was a part of that whole move to make sure we're clear on the concept. Uh, One of the heldovers from from all of that until recently, Uh, it was pretty well expected in the Lutheran churches that you would use the Athanasian Creed on this Sunday, which if some people think the night seems a little long, you haven't delved into the Athanasian. It goes on and on and on ad That's when
0: you put a, a notice in the newsletter the week before and you say, y'all might want to pack a lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then it gets to that part, if you believe this, you're going to hell. If you don't believe everything in here, you're going to fry. Mm. Uh, almost mm. like that, uh, those condemnations. Um, I, I jokingly used to pick all oh, the longest hymns. In the hymnal and Psalm 119 and the Athanasian Creed, <laughs> and called Trinity Sunday, get it over with Sunday. Yeah, we're
0: going to do everything that's the longest. The today. longest
1: and never yeah. have to do it again for another year. So, uh, Trinity, that's where Trinity came, for, the, the observation of the day came from. Um, the problem, the, some of the problem with uh, the Trinity is um, how do I say this? I have studied. Um uh, my first year was in the Baptist seminary. Then I got my MDiv from a Methodist seminary. I got my um, Lutheran, remedial Lutheranism from the Lutheran seminary in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I studied with a mentor to get licensed in the Episcopal Diocese of Western North Carolina. So I have four denominations take mm-hmm. on the Trinity. And here's the main thing I know. It's a mystery. It's and mistake. the best thing you can do is try to avoid heresy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I have people, you know, have over the years, and and still people say, "Well, the one, you know, pastor, the one I don't get the Trinity." And can you, and I say, "Look, let me just say, we're still kind of figuring this out as we go. <laughs> this yeah. is a doctrine from the church that, and that half—that's only half facetious." Yeah. We're reading texts where they were kind of figuring this out, out as we go. And as out. they look back and they say, well, here's, you know, this and here's this. And how do we relate these well, expressions of God?
1: Right. Two, I'm going to walk through the text in their order, but two pieces from the New Testament. One is the the verse from Matthew, which I has been my memory verse, my verse forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Yep. The yeah. Delmer translation is, "I love me some Jesus, but I got questions." <laughs> yeah. I worship Him, but I but some doubt it. I, I mm-hmm. love me some Jesus, but I got questions. Yeah. And the, the other one is, look at
2: second let's see, I have a
1: Delmer moment here. Second Corinthians 13 mm-hmm. 13. The order is different. And the labeling is different. Mm-hmm. The grace, and, and, the, and it talks about attributes or what they brought. Mm-hmm. So in Paul's early attempt, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing mentioned is the, what they bring and then the person. And it's not in the mm-hmm. same order. And the right. word Father is nowhere around. Mm -hmm. Then you get this definition in uh, 2819, Mm -hmm. baptized in the name, and it's more formalized. This comes later, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. any description of uh, theological attributes. So it's an evolving discussion. That's what you're saying. And it's evidence of it right in front of our text. So... (laughs) We're gonna explore a little bit and think about ways to preach. I will own that my sermonizing for this and I'm preaching here at the Episcopal Church where I record this. I'm preaching here that Sunday and Mm -hmm. I pretty much start with that. uh, That kind of, yeah. About they worshiped him, but some doubted I love me some Jesus, but i got questions. And that's a way to go about this Sunday is explore why do we have a Trinity, and how much does it matter that we know we can actually totally define it, and how much does it matter that mm-hmm. we think about how we know God in our lives? Yeah.
0: Last week, uh, we were receiving new members into the congregation, and so like most traditions, uh, we have a litany that we use, and at one point, I turned to the congregation and asked them to join along with the Uh, with the new members and respond uh, to the questions do you believe in God I believe in God do you believe in in Jesus the Christ I believe in Jesus do you believe in the Holy Spirit I believe in the Holy Spirit and sometimes I feel like okay well that's enough (laughs) There, fortunately, there's no question, do you believe in the triune God, one God in three expressions, you know, creator Christ yeah. and Holy Ghost. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where we start and we're moving on.
1: from Right. There. So looking at the text that we have before us, there, there's the Genesis text. Uh, be really clear. This is an important note I want to make. This is not a Trinitarian text. Hmm.
0: Yeah, do look for it here.
2: <laughs> the creator's
1: in there. Uh, God created through saying, and then you can go over to John, and in the beginning was the word, you know, and then you've got the wind, which is ruah and spirit. So we as Christians can see those hints but the original writers had no intention of any kind of Trinitarian theology in writing this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And don't shove it in there with a shoehorn, okay? <laughs> don't.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. So. And you can't, to, to be honest, you can't in the context of these texts and this day, mm-hmm. you can't do what you just did nimbly, Whip over to John,
1: yeah. In the not, beginning
0: was the Word, in order to, and then no. do all that to make a case for Jesus. That's, um, yeah, you got to deal just, with the text the way it is. That's just
1: bad logic, among other things. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, don't don't press this text into the service of a Trinitarian doctrine. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. What is here is an uh, uh, for this day is a real understanding. Uh, one of the core about who God is and who people are in relationship. Uh, As we all know, there are two creation stories, and the the second one comes first, and the first one comes second in the way Mm -hmm. the order is put in there. Mm -hmm. And this one was written by the priestly cast somewhere around the Babylonian captivity, 538. It was more of a theological statement. The second one was written four or 500 years before, and and was the more Yahweh statement. And there are some Mm -hmm. very important things to note here that it um, is highly structured to try to say important things about who God is and who human beings are in relationship to that God. One thing that if you haven't paid close enough attention, it goes units of three and then it goes back and goes through the same units of three again. So first, first three, Creates light, mm-hmm. the realm of light. Then secondly, creates the dome that separates, you know, the sky from the water. Then last, thirdly, it creates the
2: land. Then it goes back
1: with mm-hmm. number four and creates the lights mm-hmm. to fill up that lighted space. Right. Then it creates the fish for the water and the birds for the air. Yeah. And then on six, it creates the vegetation and the animals and the people.
0: Everything that Uh, lives on the land. Mm
1: -hmm. So in the order, God first takes what's already there. He doesn't create ex nihilo. This is important. That's a Greek, Roman, philosophical concept. There's always already something there. And God Mm -hmm. brings this order to it, you know, yep. is void and formless and does it. So God takes what's there and creates a space, not outer space, but a, a mm-hmm. space, and then he fills the space, Put mm-hmm. a different way and a not anthropological metaphor here. He takes the natural stuff and builds a house. Then he puts the furniture in the house. Mm-hmm. The last thing he does is he moves the people into the, the family.
0: House. <laughs> yeah. hands him the key
1: and says, "Now this is yours. look after it."
0: I'll be around, but uh y'all yeah this is this is yours."
1: So mm-hmm. that's the the way this plays out as it's structured in those six days. Mm -hmm. And so here are three things that the the priestly cast is trying to discuss in this creation story. One is the nature of the world as opposed to the way many of the other uh, religious mythological stories, the world is created and is intended as opposed to being accidental or the offput of struggles between the gods, you know, all these kind of stories. It was right. intended and it was good. Right. You know, uh, secondly, it's humans in this structure are not an afterthought. They come at this point where everything was created to put the human beings there. You know, as I, with my mm-hmm. house analogy, built I the know. house. Filled it up, brought in the people. Notice equally built, created, male and female. He created them in the mm-hmm. likeness of God. No, no Adam's rib here or nothing like that. They're equal. Hands them the keys and says, Y'all, this is yours. Take care of it. I'll be around. Take care of this. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is to define the creation as good and not just good, like, I did not do good. Mm. And and the, the word means morally right, correct, appropriate, balanced. balanced. There's an old Eucharistic preface that starts, it is indeed meat, right and salutary. That's the issue of good. It's meat, right, and salutary. It's the right thing. Right. Yeah. And so this creation stories situates human beings in relationship to a God who this is this is human centric, I, I acknowledge. But we have then the human beings are to say, Oh, we're not just here.
0: And this didn't just happen. Happened. Yeah.
1: That's the mm-hmm. theological statement we make. Our conflict uh, at this point with science has it to do with how it was done. Mm-hmm. The the Christian, if there is a conflict, is why it was done. Mm-hmm. Our argument is with the it didn't have to happen. It just ha- accidentally happened. It just popped in, and we're just a product of accidental creation mm-hmm. and Christian. Uh, Judeo-Christian tradition says no. Yeah. It was intentionally made by God, and intentionally made with, for human beings in the likeness of God to occupy and be in relationship with God in that space. Right. Psalm Psalm eight is a meditation. Oh, man, hold on yeah, just a second,
0: ahead. but I'll jump in just for a second yeah, on sure. uh, Genesis and love this passage. And um, as you said, it. God is creating the space first. And and I love the um, first thing God says is, we need a little light in here. And flips the switch and (laughs) boom, there's light. And of course, the the sun and stars will come later. Uh, uh, So yeah, there's that moment. But uh, we see here um, over and over in this first creation account, this is the God who creates by with a word. Yeah. You know, which is why, John, we make the connection in John's prologue later. Uh, this is God with the Word, the second creation story, which actually our the, the last line in our text for today, 2-4-A, uh, is actually the introduction to the second story yeah. rather yeah. than the summary of the first. But don't worry about that. Uh, but in the second story, God is much more hands-on, forming the, the first human out of, you know, the, the clay and, the, you know, very, 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 very involved but the final thing i love about this story this is where i make the case that the first doctrine that's taught in scripture is the doctrine of original good goodness yeah yeah and we have been so many of us let me just not include everybody many of us have been so inculcated By the doctrine of original sin, and that's the dominant thing that we have to to deal with. Um, I always like to claim some space for this doctrine of original good. What does that mean? Of course, we are proclaiming the presence of God in the very opening verse. God is there at the beginning. And so there's a lot of theology that we get out of this passage. But yeah, the doctrine of original good. This is God's good intention for the creation, all of it. And thereby, this is what underlines what we get later as Genesis goes, God preserving a remnant in Noah, God opening a covenant with Abram, so that through that work, all nations, all creation, everything can, can be blessed, can be um, the, God's intention for good for the world can be carried out. So, yeah, good stuff.
1: Yeah, and and I affirm I think the core of this story is the word is that he declared it God continually declaring it good. Mm-hmm. And not just and like I did a good job. Yeah. But it's appropriate, right? It's what's intended it it is where and it's where I want things to come back to. This is what my intention for the world yeah. is. And yeah. that's a word of hope in that God has not done this and will not abandon it. We continually, as we look at it, it's less than goodness at times yeah that 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 God is in in the midst of it with God's people, yeah. calling us back to that creativity, so mm-hmm. the psalm um is a meditation on this text from uh genesis um uh, uh, you set your glory in the heavens, you know, and that sort of thing. Bulwark to your foes. And then three through eight, when I look at your hands, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've established, you see it's commenting on all that. And then it has this work about human beings. This is mostly four through seven, where he talks about what is a human being? A little less than the angels. That's a reflection on what it meant that God created them in God's likeness. This is very important for us to pay attention to. And I may, uh, since it's Trinity Sunday, and uh, it took me a while to get to this reflection, but
2: the Trinity, if we're made in the likeness of
1: God, the image and likeness of God, which we are, Mm -hmm. then there's no separating our needs as human beings from the nature of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Evelyn Underhill has said that um, the Lord's Prayer prayer reflects the fact that uh, human beings need food,
2: and God provides.
1: Human beings need forgiveness, for we are sinful, and God provides. And human beings um, need guidance because we're confused and puzzled and God (laughs) provides. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a window into the nature for Christians of the Trinity of creativity and provision, the parent. Uh, Forgiveness, what was accomplished by Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. And guidance, the Holy Spirit coming and leading us. Now how all that works internally I don't know but I know what I <laughs> need and I know I get those needs met mm-hmm. in relationship to God that thus to me we pray mm-hmm. thus we pray so that, that that's my approach as talking about as I transition from Genesis and, and the Psalm to what's in the Corinthians and Matthew where they have these definitions of the Trinity is it's not so much that we figure out exactly philosophically how all of that works. As G.K. Chesterton said, when you try to get the heavens into your head, it is your head that splits. <laughs> we need to approach this more poetically, he said, and try to get our head into the heavens and look around.
0: Mm-hmm. So, oh, GK, he was a dude, wasn't he? Yeah, he had some good stuff.
1: <laughs> so we giving up, as it were, on attempting to finally understand and get that in context, it's more important to look at our experience as to how we know God, which is what the Corinthians text is getting at with this language about um the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the end of the second Corinthians letter. Uh, Paul, you know, finally, uh, Paul was unlike many preachers I've known when he said, finally, he meant it. He only had a few more sentences. <laughs> Too often I've heard preachers, just, oh, and finally, and then you look at your wife and say, well, I've got another 10 to go here.
0: Yeah, just before Eutychus fell down out of the ceiling. No. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> brothers and sisters farewell and so the next line there in 11 is instructions you know uh, it reminds me of my mama leaving the house she's got her purse in her hand and the keys when we were little kids and she'd said i'm going to be gone to grandma's for two days now what i want y'all to do Mm -hmm. final instructions so he's giving final instructions there um And when he finishes that, listen to my appeal, put things in order, agree with one another, y'all behave, live in peace, and the God of love and peace be with you. Then verse 12 kind of feels a little bit liturgical or Eucharistic, you know, greet one another with a holy kiss. Mm -hmm. Um, All the saints greet you. And, um, you know, this is, this is. Lutherans, after once in a while, and, and Episcopalians, when we pass the peace, this is not, hey, how you doing? And when's your tea time? Yeah. This is holy kiss time.
0: Uh, right. Right. And I, I think you're right. I think, and, and we see this throughout Paul's writings, what Paul is doing here as he's concluding, he's moving, I believe, into yeah. liturgical usage. Right. And quite, quite likely, is taking from the worship experience right. of the church as he's closing out, so that both in in Paul here and in the closing of Matthew with the formula um, that I've known since I knew anything, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It, it's very liturgical usage, more so than a doctrinal pronouncement. Right. Yeah, Paul, is, now Paul. here, let me in. before. Yeah, before I go, let me tell you. There's a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit, and this is how it all works. It is, I believe, arising from the experience of the church, and and yeah. Paul is is pulling it in, and Matthew, as a gospel writer, is pulling it. Right, uh.
1: exactly what's happening. It's kind of a an ending, and and I think he's aware that mm-hmm. this letter was written was read. I'm thinking about this. Is read during worship. Somebody would read it to him. So they're mm-hmm. moving from listening to Paul's letter into communion, into the yeah. breaking of the bread. So he says, mm-hmm. now remember, greet one another with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. All the saints greet you. You're not mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. The communion of the saints from all over. And then mm-hmm. the benediction. Line. There you go. And in this line, of course, we've already noted, the unusual order. Mm-hmm. So uh, it goes, son. God, Holy Spirit. Notice the titles. The Father, God, Father title is not there. Mm -hmm. Notice also, as I said earlier, it start doesn't say Jesus Christ. Parentheses who brought us grace in, God who always loves us, Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit who creates. It starts with the attribute that which we experience. Okay. Uh, there's a grammatical note. Uh, I'm not real the best grammarian on the planet, but uh, there's objective or subjective genitive mm-hmm. case issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, objective, you would be talking about gray, our grace, whose goal is Christ. You would be talking about our love for God, but the love of God, mm-hmm. love you know, or we've talked about our communion that somehow kind of generates the Holy Spirit in our midst. The subjective case would be the grace displayed by Christ. In our case, we would mm-hmm. think on the cross, um, the law, love received from God and the communion which is created by the holy spirit there is no good looking at it grammatical answer so you have to have a Mm -hmm. theological answer and i'm very clear i think that it's a subjective case that what paul is invoking here is the grace of christ active on the cross for us that grace which forgives our sins Uh, the love that God has for us, the steadfast Mm -hmm. love and mercy that goes all the way through the scriptures in reference to God. And particularly the communion, the koinonia, it's very important. It's not fellowship just like the fellowship hall, you know, Mm -hmm. where we get together and uh, good folks get together and have a good time. That word really implies sharing Participation in one another, which is created therefore by the Holy Spirit. So, what he's invoking here is how mm-hmm. God brings the communi- community together. That that which we experience of God as we are present—grace, love, communion—which we experience mm-hmm. through the quote,
0: persons of the Trinity. That's it. And um, you know, if you want to, well, Chris, we're always thinking about preaching and how to get into yes. people's minds. And uh, and again, pick up a little alliteration here. Jesus gives us grace. God always leads with love. And the Holy Spirit creates our communion or uh, fans our fellowship. How you know, whatever. Yes. Uh, again, I only half joke about those kind of things. When the time is right, sometimes little touches like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're great. Break
0: through. Yeah.
1: A remembrance the helps people not only remember, it's not important they remember what I said. It's important yeah. that they experience and have a relationship with the truth that God mm-hmm. speaks hopefully there through. You go. That's it. So you get to Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the Great Commission and the I can't read this without remembering a a bishop I had once upon a time who decided his southern synod, he was from the Midwest originally, and he decided to name his synod the Great Commission Synod. Mm. Because he looked around and saw how few Lutherans and how many people that weren't Lutheran, he decided the field was right. Of and course. I said to him, Unless nervous. you think all those Baptists and Methodists out there in this, this area are going to hell, I'm not sure it's quite as big a <laughs> right for people. Unless yeah. you just think if they're not, you know, say, no, I don't mean it. But Great Commission. It was over, over and over. We talked about the Great Commission. So there are two parts to this text. And it's interesting 16 and 17 are about what the disciples did, mm-hmm. and 18 through 20. The focus is on what Jesus said to move them forward. Uh, 16 and 17, uh, they obeyed. They went to Galilee where Jesus had directed. them. So they had obeyed what he had told them to do. They went where he said. They worshiped him. Notice it says all of them worshiped, Mm -hmm. as I noted earlier, but some doubted. (laughs) I've often laughed about that because... You've seen him die. You have experienced the resurrection. These are the people, the 11, who've been there in the upper room. They've been there, you know, all these Mm -hmm. 40, 50 days Mm -hmm. before the Ascension. And... They still don't. I feel better about my preaching. Jesus did all that, and they still some of them still didn't <laughs> I believe didn't it. Get everybody! Oh, I'm doing standing up in a funny dress and talking for ten or fifteen yeah. minutes once a week. Mm-hmm. Chance do I have? Some doubt. Yeah. I, I, I jokingly say that, but I, I think that is a place to start because more of our folk than we might want to not realize are there. Yeah. And this is a preaching entree, particularly on Trinity Sunday, is to talk about that experience. And we always like to talk about preaching. We worship Jesus. We don't want it implied that our lack of understanding means a lack of fidelity. But I love me some Jesus, but I got questions. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain element of American Christianity in particular. That implies, and unless you know and agree with the exact statement of how we understand this, there's something wrong with your faith. Right. You're not a good Christian. I, I, I remember years ago, uh, long before, you know, back in the old days of technology, the churches printed up brochures, trifold we, brochures, picture mm-hmm. of the church. We had websites. And all these Lutheran ones would have this long statement, what we believe.
3: Mm.
1: (laughs) So you're handing these out, trying to get people to come to your church. And so much of it was 15th, 16th century theological definitions that nobody cared. And you come, and in the bulletin, it would say, and make a theological statement about communion. And if you agree with this, um, all of these things, then you, we've changed that down to pretty much all are welcome and don't worry about it as much, but then, (laughs) yeah, this, this is, this is my, my
0: memory verse for it's okay. Yeah. Because sort of the related, but, maybe not the other side of the coin but uh part part of this whole deal is being okay with the fact that by a person's attendance in worship or involvement in some other aspect of the life of the church does not necessarily indicate full assent
3: no. right
0: and i had a fellow Uh, come out, you know, shaking hands at the door. I see this guy in church every, I don't know, six or eight weeks, something like that. And it's always good to see him. And he comes out and he says, well, yeah, uh, Pastor, I'm one of your uh, more agnostic members. He said, almost an atheist. He said, but, you know, I'm getting there. (laughs) And that's what you're getting at here with. They're all there. They're all in worship. But some of them are like, i still got some questions. I'm not so sure. And we need to be okay with that. Right. And we need to let them know we're okay with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a, a nice distinction yeah. here.
1: And notice that Jesus didn't say, it. now, those of you who don't doubt, I have some words for you.
0: <laughs> All authority in heaven has been given to me. And if you believe everything I've told you and don't have yeah. any doubts, come on. and we- Yeah, no. no.
1: Now he just says he it, some doubted, and Jesus said to them, all of them. First of all, he establishes his authority to say what he said. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. This is kind of a Matthean way of saying, you know, as I ascend to the right hand of the throne, I am the Father, God, the Father's right hand man, as it were. I'm his prime, you know. What again? The definitions of that relationship and go on forever.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, then he gives marching orders in 19 and 20. Now I want to skip the Trinitarian definition for just a moment. Here's mm-hmm. what he told them to do. Go. Go and skip over to, to, to go and make disciples in all nations. So where are they to go? Again, it ripples out. Mm-hmm. from Jerusalem and mm-hmm. to the whole known world, we'll see. We saw on Pentecost, you know, that mm-hmm. naming of all those folks was a geographical definition of the whole known world. And make disciples of all nations. And that does not just mean geographical boundary nations. That's all ethnoses, all, all people, people. All, all races, we would say now,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. of all people teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So go, make disciples, teach, baptizing. Notice that this is, this is a kind of a sneaky uh, infant baptism moment here. <laughs> baptizing, then teach. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't mean they have to intellectually know and assent before they get baptized. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah there you um, go. Images, uh, Bible's full of contrary images. I often say, um, I like the imagery of dying and rising with Christ that immersion and adult mm-hmm. baptism have bring to us. But there are other images I like from my traditions. There you go. And, and this is one of them. Go to make, making disciples and baptizing. Then it comes to the definition, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, can I say to me that is the least important line mm-hmm. in this text?
0: You, you can say it. Uh, will they begin to throw tomatoes and cabbages no, no, I don't. I mean, know. I didn't say it wasn't
1: <laughs> important. I said least important line in this text. <laughs> yes. This is a liturgical definition that, that that's the the church has begun to define. I think it's it's d- developed, in my opinion. Uh, in relationship to that issue of being baptized in the name of Jesus only, that we find mm. somewhere in Acts, so the church has begun yep. to define who that somehow how Jesus is in relationship to the God of creation, the God the Father that that Hebrew Scripture has recognized throughout, and how those two are in relation to this Holy spirit that has come upon them at Pentecost Mm -hmm. and that they've experienced. So they're in the process, as you said, of defining, and this is where they have part of where they got to. We're not just Unitarians of the spirit who only talk about the spirit. We're not just Unitarians of Jesus. We're not just Unitarians of God, the creator. It's all connected somehow. So our baptism, our uniting is in that name of all three. There is no attempt to define how that works. right? And what's more important here is the commission to go, to disciple, that is, to t- t- discipling and teaching both have the same thing. Of, Let me tell you about this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. here's the, the, what
2: I think is the great good news. Remember,
1: I'm always with you. You're not alone. Those are the most important words.
0: There's your bottom line, so to speak.
1: Even when you doubt, remember,
2: <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. with you always. Yeah. Even when you fail,
1: remember, I'm with you always. Mm-hmm. Even when you're persecuted, even when they reject you, even when nothing's working out, remember. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: with you always. To the end. I like it.
0: I think it'll preach. I know it'll preach. And, well, I just
1: um, not preached. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. We can, It's our show. We can rear back and preach a little if we want to. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, outstanding. Outstanding. Okay. Listen, we wish the best for everybody. And uh, as you come through yet again, uh, Sunday for the Trinity, hope you will find something uh, in these texts, and if we've said a, you know, a little something to jog your, jog your thought process, that's just great. Blah Enjoy it. Uh, I know you're going to be traveling a little this week. Be careful. Be safe. And uh, we'll come back around next week. I, I think for today, though, there's not much left for us to do well, other than to tell everybody bye. Or
1: everybody or... bye, and in your personal prayers, yeah. give a little thanks for my wife. Ain't Evelyn? Hollowell Rose turning 100 this weekend (laughs) down in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And there's going to be a gathering of the crew to wish her a happy birthday. Good Quaker woman, Evelyn Rose, Eastern North Carolina. All right.
0: All right. 100. Sounds like a good one, Bubba. All right. We'll talk to all y'all later. Bye. Bye. Lectionary Lab Live is a Two no. Babas and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Next Steps, performed by Half cool. We'll go out today with our own tribute to the passing of the Queen, Tina Turner, the girl from Nutbush, Tennessee, that got her start in the church choir. This is Proud Mary, written by John Fogarty and performed by Tina Turner.
1: Now we're, we're gonna take the beginning of this song the the thing and
3: do it easy, big wheel, but then we're gonna do the finish,
1: burnin'. rough, proud Mary it's the way we keep do, proud Mary, and
3: we're rollin'.